Welcome to Faked, an original podcast highlighting the underground world of counterfeit illegal items around the world and how to spot them. Whether you're traveling the world or buying online, Faked will be your guide. With your host, Joseph Rowan, you'll explore the many ways counterfeiters can pull off disguising everyday consumer items as the genuine good. Welcome to I've Been Better, coffee that makes you ask questions. It's, it makes you ask smart questions, not questions about the integrity of the coffee and what's inside of it. Because what we've got is 100% organic. Yes, everything inside of our coffee is organic. That's the word, organic. Say it with me. Say it with organic. We've got all the organic stuff in our coffee. Yep. So check us out in your local coffee provider's store. I've been better. You get it? It's a pun. Kind of takes away from maybe reading the ingredients on the back, but that's... The I've been better. That is, that's it for this commercial. Goodbye. So leave out the bad voice acting, and that could very well be a commercial that you hear. Um, so this is it. Welcome to welcome to episode three of Faked. This is the how to determine if your Java is fake. Your coffee beans. How to determine if they're fake or counterfeit. So, with this podcast, we're going to jump in and go over the description of what coffee is, what makes coffee real, and what's the history of it, okay? Let's jump in. Coffee was most likely invented by Caldi in 750 AD, and like many inventions, it was invented by accident. He had been watching goats become excited by eating the beans from the coffee plant and decided to try it out himself. He tried chewing the red coffee beans at the time himself, but was disgusted with the taste and threw them in the fire. The aroma was so pleasant that he decided to try steeping the roasted beans in hot water, which would probably not have been my natural progression in that I probably would have went no further. But I'm glad history was not written by me. Okay, So what defines coffee? Coffee is defined as a beverage consisting of an infusion of crushed or ground coffee beans of the coffee plant genus Coffea, and especially Coffea arabica and Coffea canifora that grows in the Far East and other warm regions of Asia, Africa, and Tropical America. All right, we've gone over the beginning and origins or the alleged origins of coffee beans, but we need to consider what makes a coffee bean good and a coffee bean bad before we can even jump into what makes a coffee bean counterfeit. So jumping right in, initial checks can be done quickly by sight, smell, and touch. Unroasted beans should feel dry and smooth. If they are too soft and they haven't been dried thoroughly enough and will go moldy in transit and storage. Green beans should smell pleasantly of grass, non-alcoholic, because if it does smell alcoholic, then it needs to go to AA. No, then it's an indicator of unwanted fermentation, and that is no good. So green beans do 
um, varying color, however, as the name suggests. Uh, the most desirable tend to be a creamy green color. And then uniformity here is a good indicator of quality. So we want to make sure that these beans are looking good before they're even roasted. Because after the roasted, okay, after you've roasted these beans, um, then, you know, if you've chosen a bad bean, it doesn't matter at that point. So there are sophisticated color assessment technology. However, most people can just do it with their naked eye. Okay. Several samples are taken at random from the same harvest to find the ratio of subpar beans known as defects. That's uh, insect damaged, unripe, split, or otherwise blemished beans can all taste unpleasant when roasted, infecting the batch with bitter, woody, or papery flavors. Size also matters, as differently sized beans are impossible to roast together evenly. Small, underdeveloped beans are less dense than their larger cousins and will be over-roasted by the point at which the rest of the batch is ready. It's much like uh, cooking chicken. You know, you want to make sure most of the chicken sizes are the same because when you're, you know, when you're closing that big old grill, you want to make sure that it's all cooked at the same so I had the same thing. So then you're not take, pulling stuff out early or you're not overburning and things like that. So batches that have a high percentage of defects will most likely be rejected even if the good beans within it are exactly what the roaster is looking for. They hold these to a very high standard, which shows you that when we are looking at the counterfeit side, that's a pretty big indicator. If, if quality is not where it needs to be, then you got your guy, Okay. So then we jump into assessing the character. Once these initial checks have been done, buyers will cup, and I'm using air quotes there, cup the coffee. Cupping is a standardized brewing procedure that allows buyers to assess a coffee's flavor characteristics. So most use a uniform set of criteria and point system to grade the coffee, which will have been lightly or sample roasted for this procedure. Although the aim is to make cupping as repeatable and universal as possible, it takes exceptional skill and experience to cup coffee accurately. Through cupping, buyers are looking to determine both consistency and flavor profile. So there is exceptional checks and balances when it comes to good coffee beans. So let's jump into the exciting stuff. Okay, this is... The story of the foragery and counterfeit side of coffee beans, which is not very, it's not very old, okay? A lot of foragery seems to have, like, be riddled with old-timey stuff, but not with coffee beans. This is pretty new. So with any heavily exported and expensive product comes forgery. For years, the coffee market has kind of been immune to the whole counterfeiting due to the simple fact that there have always been coffee beans and more than enough of them to go around it just didn't make sense to counterfeit something that was plenty in very specific areas however now drought and disease they just wrecked havoc on coffee farms in brazil and other areas with nearly 20 percent fewer bags produced in 2014 than any year before it which changed that reality quick when supply goes down prices go way up and when prices go up that's when the seedy folks start slinging their java beans, okay? That's kind of the idea behind drug cartels with avocados and limes, like Peru and Mexico. Very, they got very much into it because, heck, avocados got, you know, everybody wanted it on their toast. They got expensive. So cartels like 
I'm going to get me some of them Kados. So that's the story behind it. You ask, how can coffee, okay, how can coffee be counterfeit? How can coffee grounds be counterfeit? I mean, it's it's pretty standardized. It's pretty standard, okay? Next time you open up a package of coffee grounds, take a good look inside. It's just a mound of brown or blackish dirt, right? Due to the process of grinding and roasting, you can theoretically stick just about anything in there with a small amount of coffee grounds and get the same look. And people are taking advantage of this by adding fillers to the coffee. Luckily, all the filler ingredients that have been found in coffee grounds are organic as far as that goes. So they, when they do say organic material, they're not lying. But what organic material are you talking about? I mean, that, that's a spectrum. I'm not comfortable with that in my coffee. That's for sure. Okay? Okay, there's plenty of organic stuff that I don't want to stick in my mouth. So, um, it, it meaning that there isn't a known risk of getting sick by drinking counterfeit coffee. Okay, that kind of market-crushing scenario would kind of defeat the purpose of trying to sell counterfeit coffee in the first place. They're not stupid. They're just not smart. Or they're not allocating their intelligence properly but it's still a problem in that consumers are paying money for one thing and getting something else entirely so some of the things that they will cut your coffee with is corn barley wheat soybeans rice acai seeds brown sugar starch syrup or chicory chicory has kind of been one of those new nuanced uh, ads or additives because uh, it sounds woody. It sounds like it's actually adding value to your coffee, but it is by far so much cheaper than coffee beans and they will cut your coffee with it. And it actually adds no benefit at all to your coffee. I mean, flavor-wise, they can impart chicory into your coffee beans, that's fine. But when they're throwing chicory root in there, okay, bye-bye quality at that point. So how do you determine? How do you determine as... Well, if you're a scientist, okay, I'm speaking to all you scientists out there, there's actually a team of researchers from Brazil. They stepped in. They've developed a new test that uses liquid chromatography. This is a process that breaks the coffee down into different components and allows the analyzation of each specific one in order to tell with a 95% accuracy whether or not the coffee's been messed with. No word yet on whether it will be made available to the consumer public or if it will be used at the border to kind of screen imported goods because that's primarily where we do get our coffee beans from. Not a whole lot of domestic coffee beans for all my U.S. listeners. The Italian method, okay, you know Italy likes their coffee. So they, uh, their method looks at a chemical called homostatic. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong. Homostatidrine, which is harmless and found in almost every coffee bean, and is 20% more prevalent in Robusta. By mixing a sample batch with formic acid and water and running it through a custom instrument that measures how quickly the chemical flows through it, they can nail the percentage of beans right down to the single digit. Miraculous those Italian scientists are. So people get real serious about this. Um, and this is still pretty nuanced. You know, I was telling you, this is this is popping up like from 2016. 
Um, that's when most of these counterfeit operations started to get into uh, effect because ecologically, these coffee producers cannot keep up with the Starbucks, the Illy, the cold brew, yada, 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 monster coffee, all these things that require coffee in its purest form are not being able to be kept up with just due to farming techniques and things of that nature. So that's where these foragers step in is the fact that there's such a demand and not enough supply. All right. So you've got your ground coffee. Okay. You're going to want to touch it, lift it, sniff it. The rules of faked Okay, you're going to want to go through it. You're going to want to have the knowledge of what good ground coffee smells like. And you're going to want to compare it to this maybe new brand you're trying out um, that says it has organic material in it. Um, you're going to want to lift it. Maybe the bag might be lighter because it's filled with root material rather than beans. And then touching it, you know, this product's yours. You're not going to be returning it. Um, so maybe sift through it, see what's going on inside that bag. And that's if you do get ground coffee. A lot of people will French press. They will have a burr grinder. They will actually grind their own coffee beans. And at that point, you're a lot safer. So if you do buy whole bean coffee, and heck, if you want to even go to the green bean and roast it yourself, I've got a couple friends that do that, which is rewarding in their own manner. But guys, I think that is it for this episode. Um, again, there wasn't a ton on the manner because it is very new. Um, but you're safer when you actually do get the beans yourself and then go through the process of determining whether it is real or fake. So most of the counterfeit coffee is going to come obviously in the ground coffee because it's so much easier to fake there. Um, so guys, if you did have any other questions, just uh, make sure you shoot me an email about this. And if you did have any comments, I would love to hear from you as well over it. Maybe I misspoke. Well, I probably did misspeak. But remember guys, with faked items, there are those who produce them, those who purchase them, and those that listen to this podcast. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.